starting out the podcast with uh, Karis taking a huge crunch of her margarita pizza in the middle of our intro. Um, hindsight twenty twenty, we should probably just like splice that intro song into our podcast every time, but you know, we don't. I, I we play it out loud <laughs> off of our laptops. Specifically, so you can hear all of the crunches <laughs> and chewing and sniffling and heavy breathing. Um, I think last week I dropped a book on the ground. Like, I, I was listening to it last week. I was like, this bitch. Also, last week. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Also, last week, um, my friend Molly texted me and goes, so I was listening to the podcast, and every episode, Karis' laugh sounds more and more like yours. (laughs) (laughs) And and she goes, yeah, so in the podcast, Karis says something about how Kaylee's gone for the episode, and then like a second later, she starts cackling, and I was like, bitch, I thought you said Kaylee was gone for the episode.
I don't know if any of you listeners have seen this tweet, but it was, um, I'm going to pull it up on my Twitter so I can credit the user because it's so funny and I want to credit the user before, like, a fucking, like, Dory account steals it or something. Molly, we're so sorry. Yeah. Dory stole your tweet. I don't know if Molly did, but this, this other dude did, I forget his name, but yeah. Um, the STEM majors and the non-STEM majors, so you need to be put aside, need to put aside their differences and unite to take down the real enemy. The bourgeoisie business majors. (laughs) True. That was, uh, at Tatum, T-A-T-U-M, (laughs) M-O-L-E-S-K-I. Molesky? Molesky. Molesky. Yeah, this girl, her, uh, like, username right now, like, is ho ho Holesky. Nice. With the Santa emoji. So cute. Yes. Um, alrighty, let's, we just have one current event to talk uh, about. We should do our ad first. We're happy. Oh. <laughs> yes! This episode! <laughs> so, before we continue... <laughs> This episode, obviously, of course, is brought to you by our wonderful, wonderful new partnership with Andy Hansen, who is an esthetician local to Duluth, who provides, Minnesota, uh, who provides vegan, non-toxic, cruelty-free, all-natural beauty services like eyelash extensions. Andy takes clients by appointment only and can be reached at 218-461-7792. She also does services out of the Color Lounge in Duluth, so definitely check her out there, too. I believe she does waxing over there when she's there. Yes, my brows look so good. <laughs> I got my eyebrows waxed and tinted before I went to this Greek life banquet last week. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, my brows have never looked better since Andy started doing it. Oh yeah, Andy rocks her socks. In addition to those services, she has her own small business called Mindful Practice. With Mindful Practice, Andy researches new green beauty products helps other companies build their internet presence, and does collaborations and trades to reach her goal of bringing awareness to the beauty world. Through Mindful Practice, Andy partners and collaborates with another green beauty specialist and esthetician named Andrea. Andrea owns the Organic Escape Skin Studio in Carlsbad, California. Together, these women have come up with an online green beauty store and blog where they're constantly researching and trying new brands to have their best possible ingredients list on their cyber shelves. Shop their online store and read more about the best ways to practice green beauty at theorganicescape.com. We're really stoked to promote all of these amazing women-run small businesses because self-care is something that's actually really crucial for self-preservation. So if your methods of self-care are along the lines of beauty treatments and products, treat yourself. If you book a service with Andy, mention the podcast, uh, Badass Women in History, and you'll get 10% off your first service with her. So that's going to be 10% off of waxing, tinting, eyelash extensions, um, really, really good deal. Uh, in addition, use the promo code MINDFUL to get a free deluxe skincare sample with uh, any purchase from the organicescape.com. Find more on these businesses and badass women by following their social media accounts at mindfulpractice underscore and organicescapeskinstudio, both on Instagram. All right. I just went. She just whipped. That's why, that's why I didn't say anything, because I whipped first. <laughs> um, okay, so now let's go into our uh, current event, which is... Of course. <laughs> we're, we're in Kaylee's uh, house right now, so we can actually hit the couch. Yeah, we're not just in an echoey study room. What I was going to say about last episode that we recorded was that we did this study room in, like... The Annex. The Annex, which is another world I didn't know about. And also... Ooh. The, Ooh. the room... The Annex is awful. That used to be the whole library. What? Mm-hmm. That's wild. Anyway, so the Annex had this one room, and we had a study room and then the people next to us had a study room and instead of there being a wall in between the rooms like normal, there was just a window. So they were just staring at us for an hour as we recorded and I'm sure we just ruined all of their studying. It was amazing. Anyway, current event of the week is Time Magazine Person of the Year 2017. Which, unless you're living under a rock, you know that it is 
The Silence the Breakers. S- the Silence Breakers. I couldn't remember which, if it was the speak. The, anyway. Um, the Silent Breakers, which was basically an overarching term for everybody who stood up to sexual harassment, assault, specifically the ones that launched the Me Too movement, and who have just, like, spoken up. Um, this has ranged from, um, Alyssa Milano and Ashley Judd, um, to our girl Rose McGowan, who we talked about, um... But it starts out with mostly Tarana Bjork, who she actually was the woman who started the hashtag Me Too movement, but unfortunately, like a lot of things that happen with people of color, they start something and then it doesn't get big until a white woman one person picks it up. Picks it up. Um, but Alyssa Milano, she was the first one to pick it up, um, and actually she has been very like supportive of Bjork's, like, a contribution to the movement, knowing that, like, she wasn't the one that came up to it, with it. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it goes from, um, um, Selma Blair, who, if you're not familiar with who Selma Blair is, you probably recognize her face. She's actually, she plays Vivian in Legally Blonde. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She um, was in, she was in the, um, what was it, like, eight-part series or four-part series about, um, What's his face? Hmm. You're gonna have to clarify. O.J. Simpson. Oh, about Sam the O.J. trial with, um, what's Sam his Samuel Blair was in that? The People vs. O.J.? Yeah, she was Chris Jenner, I think. Really? I'm pretty sure she played Chris she Jenner. She played Chris Jenner? Yeah. Oh, I... And I was like, that's, that's my girl from Legally Bond. I am going to fact check this. Oh, yeah. No, well, she was in, a, yep, American Crime Story. Yeah, The People yeah, versus The People versus yeah. O.J. Simpson, yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to doubt you on that. <laughs> um, usually I am the pop culture. Anyway. Anyways. So, yeah, and what's really cool is that there are, like, a lot of, like, anonymous people um, still in this. Um... Who, like, are telling their story, but they, um, they're not showing their face. And also, if you look at the cover of the magazine, you can see that there are five women, like, their faces, five women's faces depicted on the magazine cover. But in the bottom right corner, there actually is a sixth woman, her arm, is on the table. And she is representative of, um... Like, all of the women who still haven't come out yet. Not, I shouldn't just, like, say all the women, all the people. Because, I mean, you know that men have been subject to this, too. Terry Crews is featured in the magazine. um, Which is awesome. I love Terry Crews. And um, a male director whose name is Blaze Littman. Um, Yes, so... This is really, really awesome. Yeah, big fan. Um, I guess my only, I don't know, I guess my only gripe with it would be that Taylor Swift is, in, is on the cover. But yeah, that was my, that was my gripe with So, her. and here's the thing, she did take somebody to court over, um, assault, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but she never actually spoke about it. Um, other than when she was in court, which obviously taking somebody to court over something, and I think she only asked for a dollar or something was her, mm-hmm. her big thing. Um, and she won her case, but she never, she never spoke about it. She never encouraged other women to, you know, she didn't use it as a platform to encourage other women and her fans. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. That was my, that was my break with it. But she did. Like, the act of what she did was good, but she didn't verbalize anything, I feel like. Yeah. Then again, Taylor Swift didn't verbalize anything. I do have to say, all Taylor Swift problems aside, her new haircut, I fucked with so much. Oh, I don't like it at all. Bangs. I love bangs. And, oh, I love it! Oh my god. This is my haircut dream. The her new album sucked, but her new haircut. Oh yeah, I didn't like awesome. it at all. I I thought it was very well. I texted you about that too. I thought a couple of the songs were very appropriating, as well. Yes, what's new with her? 
But the the whole I encourage you to look up the um article. It talks about um there's like a bunch of like people from um hotels and like the way hotel workers get treated by guests and stuff. Um there's it, there's a lot going on. It's it's not just it's not just famous people, mm-hmm. which is awesome. It's women of all colors, um, all occupations. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, and I just wanted to keep keep building and also building. Off of that, I am very stoked that um, our boy John Oliver is holding Dustin Hoffman accountable. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw that clip. Yeah, it's just like, oh, dudes are actually, like, saying something about this? Like, holy shit. Like, um, makes me very proud um, that some men are speaking up. Like, you know how Asher got his internship for mm-hmm. um, orientation? Yeah. He had to give this presentation as if, like, he was giving it to, like, all the incoming students this summer. He had to, like, make one and then, like... Oh, wow. And he, like, addressed the topic of, like, consent and, like, mm-hmm. sexual assault in the presentation. And he was like, this is not tolerated at this college. Like, I am not having it. Yeah. Nope. And I was just watching... As he's practicing, and I was like, <laughs> there are 5% good men in the world. Oh my god. Um, I guess the one, I guess the one thing I would like to say, because it's my podcast, and I get to say what I want, is to all men commenting, and I make the mistake of going on Facebook comments, especially about like, so when the Matt Lauer thing came out, I was, I was reading the Today Show Facebook post about it, and I made the mistake of going into the comments. That is a big mistake. <laughs> and one guy, one adult man was like, or actually it might have even been a woman, I don't remember. Anyway, so they were like, well, if we keep, if we keep going at this rate, then there won't be any men on television anymore. Good! And I was like, great, sounds awesome. <laughs> Good. Like, um, Oh, do you want to talk about the opinion piece? Yeah, so... In Duluth, in the Duluth News Tribune or newspaper, there's this, like, reader's voice opinion article, and this man basically said, like, everybody just needs to get over this, we all need to heal and move on and stop this witch hunt. And he I was like, like, we need our, we need our representatives, we need our, we need our, our politicians, our... we need our entertainers and stuff. And I, I don't want, we don't need them if they're gonna be the worst people. Yeah, we don't like, need those let's get rid of them. And re- in response to, like, things about, like, us losing all of our entertainers due to, like, harassment and stuff, like, somebody made a list of, like, all the people who haven't, like, gotten sexual assault, like, allegations are, like, been, mm-hmm. like, are predators, mm-hmm. and it was just a list of all women. <laughs> Elevate these people! Yep. Um, yeah, but I did a little more research into this dude who, um, wrote this Duluth News Tribune article, and he's a teacher, which is really sad, because school is where I was harassed the most. School and teachers where should be... A student, a guy who was supposed to be my friend, whipped his dick out at me <gasps> in school. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. You've never told me that before. Yeah, because I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, you probably repressed the shit out mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, because I remember when, um, I was just, like, reading a response to, like, somebody who was talking about, like, it was, I think it was a dude saying, like, if you, like, if a dude, like, whips their dick out at you, like, why don't you leave? Like, why don't you leave the room or run away? Or you, you say, you, like, hey, put that back in your pants. Because do you but not like, get that the person already feels like they have a lot of power because they've done that in the first place? Also, like, the response to it from this woman was, like, it is so shocking. Yeah. Because you would have never expected it. Yeah. You're at work, you're at school, you're at a place that's supposed to be safe. Where you think you would never see any dicks. Yeah. And so, like, 
when that happens, you're like thinking to yourself, is this real? This can't be real. Like, yeah. am I dreaming? You're shocked. And I remember when that happened to me, like, after I read that article, I thought about it and I was like, oh yeah, this dude who, like, did this to all of my fr- like, harassed all of my friends all the time actually did do that to me. And I remember just like, he did it? And I went, uh, and I, like, went, like, pale. And yeah. I remember I, like, ran out of the room crying. And I, like, walked around the school for, like, half an hour. Holy shit. Yeah, and then I, like, called my boyfriend who, like, wasn't there. He was, like, on vacation. And I was, like, this just happened to me. And he was, like, what the fuck? And then he, like, texted him and the dude was just, like, he, like, made some excuse as to why his dick was out. I'm sorry, what possible excuse? And a, I'm sorry, I was in the bathroom And basically, like, we all just kind of, like, gaslighted ourselves that, like, it was an accident. Jeez. We're all like, because you wouldn't think that you would see somebody's dick, like, as close. So we're yeah. all just like, he didn't mean it. Like, he's just weird. Yeah, and so, yeah, and I, like, totally forgot about that until just, like, a few weeks ago, and I was like, oh. This thing just popped up on my Facebook, and I want it, but I also want to get it for you for Christmas. Oh, wow. It's a mug that says, my favorite season is the fall of the patriarchy. Amazing. (laughs) And it's, but it's got, like, cute little fall leaves around it. So cute. I want it. I want it really badly. Anyway. So cute. I didn't get you anything, so. I I haven't gotten you that mug, so. Well, let me know, because then I will get you that mug. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say we just get each other the mug, but at that point, let's just buy ourselves. I don't know. Anyway. Logistics. That will work out. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. Um, And, oh, the other thing I want to say about the Times Magazine cover is the fucking irony that Trump, a couple weeks ago, tweeted that he was gonna be the person of the year again, but he didn't have time to do another photo shoot. Yeah. And Times was like, like, no. No. Like, you keep saying times. Times magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it's Time Magazine. Times magazine. <laughs> Is it Time, time? Magazine? <laughs> okay, but I think the New York New York Times, times and, time. and Time Magazine. Are they not the same thing? No! <laughs> no I thought they were Times on a magazine! They're not the same thing! Okay, so Time was like, first of all, no, incorrect, wrong, and then second of all, a couple weeks later when they do announce who it is, it's like the, literally the most opposite of Trump in ever, ever. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's like proud, strong women. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Anyway, so yeah, uh, let's take a little bit of a break. Uh, just a just a little bit, yeah. so you can remember about you can reminisce about Times Magazine. To our badass women of this episode. Oh, both of them. Badass women. Oh, women. <laughs> women. Women's Times Magazine. Karis is drunk off of three. I'm sets not of drunk. An Imperial IPA. Dick bomb. <laughs> she is. Actually, though, um, I think my it is one fifty p.m. Oh my when I got here, Kaylee was like, it's 102. Would you like a beer? <laughs> okay, you go first because you weren't here last week. Ooh, wow. Okay. Oh, so, uh, 
last women of this week is my favorite singer ever. I already did Beyonce. Shit. No, I take it back. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. Um, Beyonce, I would say, is my favorite entertainer ever. Okay. Just in general, but my badass woman of this week is my favorite musician, the front woman of my favorite band ever, Cole. Um, so we're gonna talk about Courtney Love. Oh. Okay. Ooh, you have some opinion. I. Yeah. Um, okay. What you gotta say about my girl Courtney? I listen to a lot of podcasts, and so I think that she killed What's-His-Face. Oh! <laughs> You're one of those? I, you know, the evidence lines up. I don't think it does. Well, okay, well, you need to listen to the last podcast on the left. I don't believe like, in conspiracies about this. Okay, I super believe in all conspiracies all the time. Okay, for the purpose of this. Kurt Cobain, that's his name. Yeah, I know <laughs> Nirvana's like my second favorite band. I, okay, so um, anyway. For the sake of this segment. We won't be discussing. Kurt Cobain committed suicide. Okay. Which I believe he did. Okay. Because I read a bunch of books by him, and actually I do have his book if you would like to borrow it. And uh, you can tell that he's, like, deeply troubled his whole life, so that's just how I think of it. Okay. But. Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, <laughs> no, it's you, okay. kill your steam. Anyway. No, it's okay. I figured. <laughs> um, I love Courtney Love, and I got into Courtney Love because I loved Nirvana growing up. Um. When I was in ninth grade, eighth grade maybe, I got really into Nirvana, but like, the music, it's good, but the lyrics, it's hard to identify with the lyrics because like, they're weird. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I kind of ventured into like, Hole, because it's just like an angry girl. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, okay. This is good. So, Courtney Love, she is a singer, songwriter, actress, and artist. Um, She also has a fashion line, and, um, she's an author. She wrote an anime, actually. Oh. Or, I think the type, the right term would be she wrote a manga. Oh, okay. I don't really know what the difference is. Is anime mean animated? Manga, and then... I think manga is, like, the actual, like, comic. She wrote a comic. I mean, I think it's, like, a manga in the style of anime. I think that's what they are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's the style. The Japanese style. It's the anime. Okay. But, like, a manga is, like, the paper. Gotcha. But I feel like I'm going to take so much shit from all my anime-loving friends. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Look, this is not the anime manga podcast. For a reason. Um, okay, so, she, yeah, so she does, has done a lot of stuff, um, but she's probably most famous for her work um, with the band Hole, or also um, from being married to Kurt Cobain, the lead singer of Nirvana and guitarist. Um, I decided to do Courtney because she's been—it's been a long time coming. But also, I just watched um, that new documentary on Netflix about Jim Carrey's like time when he recorded or he like made Man on the Moon. About Andy Kaufman, mm-hmm. and um, Courtney Love plays um, Andy Kaufman's girlfriend, Lynn, in Man on the Moon, mm-hmm. and so she was featured in the movie because she's the character, so she like it's is the opposite of Jim Carrey in the movie. Mm-hmm. What'd you say? You said it's how acting works. No, but like she, like the movie, if you, was it, okay. The Jim Carrey movie that just came out is a documentary because he let a film crew, like, follow him around. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So while he was making so the movie. So he's in the documentary. She's in the documentary. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Because he was, like, method acting the whole time. I think that's what it's called. When you literally yeah. are, like, the character. I have like, such a... don't turn the character off. As a child actor. <laughs> I have a problem with method acting. Like, you don't turn the character off at Yeah, all. no. And that's dangerous as hell. That's mm-hmm. the reason What's-His-Face is insane. Who? 
Who's that guy? Pete, not Pete Fletcher. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. That's why Jared Leto is fucking insane. Because he method acts. Yeah. I think there's a quote, and I never really figured out if it was, like, a click hole uh, article quote or if it was a real quote, but it was, like, Will Smith talking about how he hated Jared Leto because he was like, that that man just threw a dead rat at me, like, on the first day it's set. And I was like, honestly, this might be click hole, but it sounds, like, real. (laughs) That sounds real. Um, but yeah, so... Courtney Love was born Courtney Michelle Harrison on July 9th, 1964. She was born in San Francisco, and her mom actually is a psychotherapist, and her dad was the road manager of the band The Grateful Dead. Oh, wow. Um, and Courtney Love's godfather is the bassist of The Grateful Dead, like the founding mm-hmm. uh, bassist. Um... She grew up in San Francisco. Her parents got divorced five years later. Um, and they just kind of, like, they lived on compounds. They lived all over the world, actually. She, like, lived in New Zealand for a time. Um, then she got kicked out of school. She oh, got expelled from out school. Of New Zealand. No, she got expelled from school. Then she went to live with, um... Her stepdad, who was divorced from her mom, but she still was sent to live with her stepdad before she was sent to live with her dad, which obviously something's going on there. Um, But then she was arrested when she was 14, and she went to juvie, um, and then was in foster care until she was emancipated when she was 16. Oh, wow. Yes. I thought you would wait till 18. Me too, but I guess there's, like, special circumstances. Um, she started, so she supported herself by, um, working illegally as a topless dancer in downtown Portland. Oh, wow. Um, and she adopted the name, the last name Love as, like, her stage name. Yeah. Um, she went to Portland State University for a little bit, studied English and philosophy, um. And then she, like, was left a trust fund when her grandparents died, and so she went to Ireland um, to study at Trinity College there. She talks a lot about how growing up she was not, like, socialized properly, and she, like, she was not socialized properly, and she learned, like, her social skills, like, from working at strip clubs and, like, going to gay bars Mm -hmm. in Portland. Um, She actually, like, said a psychologist told her that she exhibited signs of autism, but she was never diagnosed, but she was never, like, properly socialized, so that might be why also. um, She traveled the world, like, working in, um, at strip clubs. Um, She was deported from Taiwan. What? Because the club she was working from was shut down by the government. She lived in um, Alaska for a little bit. She actually lived in Minnesota for a little bit because she started a band with um, Kate Bjellen. I think that's how you say her name. Um, It's B-J-E-L-L-A-N-D. Bajor? Cat. Oh, it's not. Bell. Um, they started a band together, and Kat is, is mo- if you're familiar with the band Babes in Toyland that was started in Minneapolis, Cats and Babes in Toyland, and so Courtney Love worked with them for a little bit, and then she moved, um, back to California, she was in and out of, like, film schools, bottom line is that she kind of did some music stuff on the side, but she wanted to do acting more so. Um, she tried to get play Nancy Spungen in Sid and Nancy, but then she got casted as a minor supporting role. I really think Courtney Love would have been good as Nancy in this movie, but that's just me. Um, she was in a few movies, and actually Andy Warhol really liked her, and they featured her in a couple projects. Oh, wow. She was in a couple music videos, but... She basically decided she didn't want to be an actress anymore, and that was about 1987, 1986. She moved to Alaska. Well, first she moved to Oregon, 
But then customers started recognizing her from, like, music videos and projects and stuff. So, she moved to Anchorage, Alaska for three months and worked at a strip club there because, like, people didn't recognize her. Yeah. There, I guess. Um, There's not much in Anchorage, Alaska, I don't think. And especially with her. Then in 1988, she um, started Hole, the band, by, she, like, just wrote an ad in a local music, like, zine or whatever. Um, I want to start a band. My influences are Big Black, Sonic Youth, and Fleetwood Mac. And, like, she recruited a bunch of people to be in this band, and they worked at strip clubs and, like, bars and... Actually, when they put out their album in 1992, let me double check that, um, but it actually was, like, Pretty on the Inside. Oh, it was 1991, so Pretty on the Inside is actually a really dope album, um, and it topped off at, like, the indie charts. It was number one. Even though she, like, talks about how she, it, like, sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've never looked... And also Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth produced it. Which... Do you listen to Sonic Youth? Mm-mm. I'm sorry. I'm going real deep. Um, <laughs> Courtney Love's music is really, like, loud and messy That's all I can say. It's like a stream of consciousness, like, just singing how mad she is. It's like she's, like, you're in a fight with her or something. Yeah. Um, but then she also released, uh, my favorite album personally is Live Through This, and that was 1994, and that's when that album premiered, like, right after Kurt died, um. If you're not familiar, she was married to Kurt Cobain in 1992, and they had a daughter named Frances, and... Were they divorced when he died? Or no? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure... Oh, no, they weren't. Oh, okay. They did have, like, some problems, and especially they had a lot of growing tensions because there was this, like, um, profile done on them from, I think it was Vanity Fair magazine, and this profile ended up being, like, it was in 1992, the Vanity Fair profile was put out because, like, they wanted to, like, better Courtney's public image because she's always just kind of been, like, this hot mess express. That people just, like, naturally don't like. Like, people just naturally don't like Courtney Love, and they always just say she's crazy and all of these things, and I used to, too. I don't know what I'm going to say. I'll just do one more. Um, but, so they, like, she was encouraged to do, like, this pro, get this profile done on her and Kurt, and she just, the interviewer apparently, like, misinterpreted something she said, and ended up having, she... Her, their kid was taken away by Protective Services, Child Protective Services, mm-hmm. brought to uh, Courtney's sister's house. Um, but yeah, so it's not a mystery that Courtney Love has had problems with drugs, like, forever. Yeah. But, flash forward, I'm just gonna flash forward, like, 20 years, because basically it's just, like, good songs, but also, like, a lot of drugs... Um, but she is, she got back into acting, and she actually had a role in The People vs. Larry Flint. She was, like, the best, she was the supporting actress, and that came out in 1996, and she's the supporting actress in this movie, um, that had Woody Harrelson in it, right? And mm-hmm. she got nominated for Golden Globe and all of these awards. Um, so yeah, she also was in Man on the Moon, and... She's done a lot more TV stuff lately, like the show about the Menendez brothers, and she's, like, on Sons of Anarchy and all this stuff. I will say that a couple weeks ago, actually it's more like a couple months ago when I did Carrie Brownstein and I said Courtney Love was in the Riot Girl movement with Carrie Brownstein, 
I don't think that's right anymore that I've done more research into Courtney Love because her um, music is pretty, like, feminist. People just kind of associated her with that movement, but I'm, I'm not finding anything saying that she was directly associated with that movement. But, okay, so let's say two, 20 years, drugs, she's very open about it, but she was sent to, like, court meditated, like, I think it's called, like, lockdown rehab, where you, like, you're in rehab, like. Yeah. And oh. they're like, you, you, you're not going anywhere. Right. And so she is Buddhist now. Oh. And that's helped her. Um, she's helped. And also, like, getting a handle on her depression has been good. She supports the Democratic Party. She endorsed Hillary for the president. Um, she is an advocate for stricter gun ownership policies. Specifically saying, like, my husband's suicide was via an unregistered gun. Mm-hmm. And it's an example of life ending in a moment of desperation and chaos because a gun was handy or near. Yeah. She also has advocated for LGBT rights um, and feminism. Yes. And also reform of the record industry, which I'm not going to get too far into. But that that's like a whole other subject, like learning how like artists feel about like piracy and like music sharing. Mm-hmm. Um... Yes, she has performed and contributed to a bunch of AIDS research benefits and um, for the Joyful Heart Foundation for Vis- Victims of Child Abuse, Rape, and Domestic Violence, which is an organization that Mariska Hargitay started. Um, she has oh participated God. in... I need to do Mariska Hargitay on this. Are you going to be able to say her fucking name? Mariska Hargitay. Mariska Hargitay. I love Mariska Hargitay. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Karis is drunk at 207. I'm not drunk! <laughs> I'm not even halfway through this! Uh, it's 9%, dude. It's an Imperial. Fuck me. Oof. Um, yes. Courtney Love has sold over 3 million records in the United States alone. She is ranked number 69 on the list of 100 Greatest Women in Music History. She has been declared the number one greatest female rock star of all time. She has influenced um, the Distillers, the Dum Dum Girls, if you're familiar with those rock bands. Also Lana Del Rey, Avril Lavigne. Yes. I love, love Courtney Love. She also apparently... She is a gay icon since the 1990s and has jokingly referred to her fan base as consisting of females, gay guys, and a few advanced, evolved, heterosexual men. Advanced? Yep. Ugh. I love her and her fashion, and she has her own fashion line, and it is very cool, but very expensive. And it's basically just baby doll dresses in a lot of ways. But, yes. So... That is my, my gal. My gal. Nice. Yes, I love her. Also, there's this picture of Courtney Love, Justin Trudeau, and Lana Del Rey. Mmm. Yes. They all look so bad in it. Like, can you imagine a picture where Lana Del Rey and Justin Trudeau look bad? Like, they all look rough. I have no idea how they all look so rough, but... Yes, it is a very nice picture, nevertheless. <laughs> okay. Nice. That is, that is me. Oh, I should have been her for Halloween. Then I would have had to dye my hair or something. Yeah. Hmm. I can. If I dye my hair once, it'll never, never go back to red. Also, I will just say, 12 years ago, Courtney Love warned actresses about Harvey Weinstein. 12 years ago, and nobody listened to her because she's Courtney Love. Mm. Yeah. That's a little little tidbit to add. Do you want another butter? No, I've never seen anybody who actually eats another butters. I only eat them when they're on sale because they're very expensive. They're like $5 for this one. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so... <laughs> I feel like yours is just gonna... You're about to lose your shit. You said I don't, don't know her. I know you don't, but once I say <laughs> her name, you'll be like, what the fuck, Karen? Okay. I'm doing Ethelflaed, Lady of the Mercians. Okay. 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 Um, so... She was born circa 870 A.D., 870. Yeah. She died June 12th, 1918. AD. When was she born? 870 AD. 870, and when was she- when did she die? June 12th, 9, 918. Okay, you said 1918, oh, and I was like, what? I think she did. Nine, yeah, 918. Okay, okay, so, she was the eldest daughter of Alfred the Great- uh, king of Anglo-Saxon Kingdom of Wessex in England, um, and his wife, Eelswith. These words mean nothing to me. Ethel Flood was, Ethel, I think it's Ethel, it might be Ethel Flade, was born around 870 at the height of the Viking invasions in Ooh. England. Okay. And okay. by 878, most of England was under Danish Viking rule. East Anglia and Northumbria had been conquered, and Mercia partitioned between the English and the Vikings, but in that year, Alfred won a crucial victory at the Battle of Eddington. Soon after, nice. the English-controlled western half of Mercia came under rule of Ethelred, Lord of the Mercians, who accepted Alfred's overship, overlordship. Alfred adopted title king of the English, claiming to rule all the English people not living in areas under Viking control. And in the mid-1880s, Alfred sealed the strategic alliance by surviving... English kingdoms by marrying Ethel Flayed, or Ethel Fled to Ethel Red. Here's before you do a whole segment on our podcast about somebody you think you maybe need to research the pronunciation. Ethel, well, I know her husband is Ethel Red. And her, her husband is Ethel Red? And so she's Ethel Fled, I think. What are they the same name? Um, I, I guess everybody kind of had, like, the Ethel at the beginning of their name. In Viking times? Yeah. Interesting. Either that, or it has something to do with... I'm not really sure. Could their first name be first? Or their last name be first? That's what I was thinking, but then her dad and her mom don't have that. So, you know. Mm. Mm. So, Ethelred played a major role in fighting off um, Vikings in the, 18, in the 890s. Together with Ethel Flood's okay. brother, the future king Edward the Elder, Ethelred and Ethel Flood fortified Worcestershire. 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 It's not Worcestershire. It's just Worcestershire. <laughs> gave generous donations to Mercian churches and built a new minister, minster in Gloucester. So, do 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 do. Um, let's talk more about Ethel Flood and less about Ethelred. So. Um, so yeah, her father was King Alfred in 868, um, is when her parents got married, and then she married Ethelred, Elderman of Mercia, or Lord of the Mercians, and was, um, uh, Mercia consisted of the borders, areas of modern Staffordshire, Derbyshire, Nottinghamshire, and the West Midlands and Warwickshire. So can you equate these places? So if you're looking at an English map, okay. it's basically as if England and Scotland was divided up as different countries. Okay. Like aren't they different countries? Yes, but like it part of this part of England's a different country, that part of England's a different country, or you know, territory. Uh, and then the rest of the West Midlands were Warwickshire, East Hereford East who? I, this is disgraceful. East Airford, Worcester, and Gloucestershire. Aren't you supposed to know these words? Hey. Because you were born there? Hey. Okay. So, <laughs> in 884, she joined her husband in resisting the invasions of the Vikings, and um, Ethelred was killed in battle against the Vikings in 911. And then Ethelfled, after the Battle of Tettenhall, a great victory over the Vikings, became the effective ruler of Mercia, the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle styles. Um, 
of Mercia, and then the Anglo-Saxon Chronicles style her as the Lady of the Mercians. And so, mm-hmm. at this time, women weren't supposed to be involved in politics. Um, it's literally not even the year 1000 yet. So... Yeah, she had another couple a couple thousand years. A couple thousand years before anybody was like, yeah, a woman can be a queen. Um, so, yeah, so she was effectively, uh, became the ruler. Um, she built the new Saxon Burr of Chester, Bonwald's Thorns Tower, and on the Chester city walls is rumored to be named of an officer in her army. She rebuilt Chester's walls in 907 AD, extending them to the edge of the river in south and western sides of the old Roman fortress um, to establish Chester at the center lines of Burr's stretching um, from North Wales to Manchester, which is a long distance, um, to protect the northern frontier of Mercia. Her brother, Edward the Elder, was born in 868, succeeded their father in 924, and so he's over in where her father was ruling, she's over where Ethelred was ruling, and so they ally, ally themselves against the Vikings, and then she fostered Edward's son, Ethelston, and... <laughs> and How is this Ethel spelled? A, well, a couple different ways, the main one being, it's like an A, but like, the A is um, italicized, and the rest of the name is normal, so okay. it's A-E-T-H-E-L. Okay. In this other article that I'm looking at, it they do it, like, phonetically, so E-T-H-E-L, Ethel. Um, so, her brother, she fostered Edward's son, Ethelston, and worked towards his eventually gaining the English crown. Ethel fled, founded Tamworth Castle as, uh, did I say this already? As a bird, to, no, as a bird to defend against the Vikings, and a statue dedicated to her with her young nephew, dating to um, 1913 as the 1,000th anniversary of the founding castle stands outside. Um, So they made that in the year 913. And then she brought up her nephew and his sister at Tamworth. She feared her brother, Edward, who was not always on the best of terms, would soon marry, and Ethelstan would be placed in danger if more sons were born to Edward, because she wanted him to be the next heir. Aww. And fears later materialized when Ethelston was left out of secession and unsuccessful attempts were made on his life. Ethelflaed worked towards her nephew gaining the crown, who was eventually recognized as the King of England. And he becomes Ethelston the Unready, I believe. Ethelston the Unready? Which, if I was a monarch, I identify most strongly with Ethelston the Unready. Yes, because you're always late! That's not who I am. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, this has been like a ten minute roast sesh on you. Um I'm sorry. I love you. So then Mercia was inherited by Ethelred and um Ethelflood's daughter, Elfwin. What is it? El Elfwin? A A E L F W Y N N. Who was born sometime before nine oh three. And she submitted to her uncle, King Edward the Elder, who took her captive, after which Mercia was annexed to Wessex, and thus Edward solidified his control over most of England. Athelfleda's... What? Now they're just spelling it totally differently! <laughs> what? <laughs> they just... <laughs> her descendants continued to occupy the English throne. Her daughter, Athelfleda and Meda, married her cousin, King Edward the Peaceful, who later... Her descended. daughter married her cousin? Yes. This is a, it's weird times. He yeah. later deserted and married his mistress, El, Elfrida. Ethelfleda, of Mercia's great-grandson, Edward the Martyr, the son of Ethelfleda, and Edgar was murdered in 970. So, it sounds a lot like Glenchian. In what way? <laughs> in literally no the way. Murder! Tell oh me about the God. murder! I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> um, so, what did she do? She was a warrior queen who, after her husband died, took over rule from 911 to 918 AD, during which time she fended off the Vikings and proved herself a talented ruler who was respected throughout the land. Ooh, my girl. Can you spell, like, all of her names for me? Okay, so we've got italicized A-E-T-H-E-L-F-L-A-E-D, but the A and the E are kind of connected in another weird way. A D E 
Florida. A-E-D. And then this one keeps saying, it spells her name correctly kind of until the end, and then for Ethelred, it spells him him with just E-T-H-E-L-R-E-D instead of the weird A, but he also has the the weird A. That's interesting. Well, we would have to look more into English stuff. It's it's like it's like the language that English evolved from. Which last year, when I was when I took all my English history classes with my favorite professor ever, Jess, he actually played somebody reading something. It was, like, a whole thing. He played them reading it in Old English, mm-hmm. which is totally, like, a different... You can kind of hear where it started to evolve from, but it's, like, a totally, totally different right. language, and it's, like, so weird, because they're just, like... Bleh, 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 bleh. Like, s- it doesn't even sound like the English that we know today. Yeah. Let me see if I can pull up a quick thing of it so you can, like, hear... And, like... That's how I kind of know how it is pronounced, but not really. This is something that we'll be able to legally play. Yeah, it should be fine. Okay. Oh, probably not the Bernier Fertis ad, though. Probably can't <laughs> play that. Yeah, I oh. really don't know. What Shakespeare's English sounded like. No, we went way farther. Like the Battle of Gunnabur.
keep fighting the good fight, everybody. We love you. The Bath Old English Gospels, a treasure of the Parker Library at Corpus Christi College, in between us, and that word and he aves in the common, and Marian and Joseph, and 